Welcome to Good Patron, a production of UTR Media. I am your host, Garrett Godfrey, and on this show, I explore what it means to be a good patron, asking how each of us can be a good patron of the bands and musicians we appreciate. I'm glad you're here, so stick around, because we have got some exploring to do. And because I know you're probably listening to this while you're doing something else, I've got links for all of these active campaigns and pre-orders in the show notes, so you can come back to it when you're ready to check out these great campaigns. This is episode 54 for October of 2022, and if you saw the episode title, you already know three of the artists I'll be covering, but here is the full rundown. I will be covering campaigns and pre-orders for music by Drakeford, Kristen Buddy, Camden Cunningham, Greg Hart, also known as Midi Boy, Rebecca Beese, Lauren Scott, David Benjamin Blower, Christian Kreider, Jamie Rowe from Guardian, Tiffany Kraushorn, Alfonso Hernandez, and Fluffy. And I'll have one tip for a way you can be a good patron, and I'll issue you a challenge. But first, I want to tell you about our Spotlight campaign. I think I first became aware of Drakeford back in 2018, and their album The Venture became one of my favorites for that year. I even included it in my top albums of the year list for the UTR Critics panel, and it made number nine for the collective ranking among all the UTR critics that year. And I really liked the Wayward and Home Part 1 project that just came out last year. And then, just a little over a week ago, Drakeford launched a Kickstarter campaign for the Wayward and Home Part 2. And as it turns out, I happen to know someone who's great behind a mic and also a friend of Drake's. That would be Anthony Quails of Chattanooga, Tennessee. He's a singer, songwriter, and storyteller in his own right, and Anthony's also a frequent backer of others' campaigns. Now, I'd covered Anthony's Kickstarter campaign back in 2016 for his album on a previous podcast I used to put out, and was proud to be a backer for that project. I didn't originally know that Anthony knew Drake, but I'd seen him share this campaign in the Crowdfunding Christian Music Facebook group as soon as it went live, and I asked if he would be interested in recording a fan favorite clip. But when I learned that he knows Drake, I was so excited to hear that he would be willing to interview Drake about this project. And wow, I am so looking forward to you hearing their conversation. So I'm just going to jump right into it. Here is Anthony Quails and Drakeford. Hey, Drake. uh, It's Anthony. Hey, man. I talked to uh, Garrett Godfrey, uh, sent me a message today and asked if I would hook up a an interview with you for this uh, for this camp uh, this Kickstarter campaign you guys had just launched. Yes, sir. And I think by the time this this podcast airs, it'll be a couple weeks into it. So hopefully, you'll be fully funded by then. But if not, <laughs> uh, we want to talk to you about the the project. I'm really excited about this campaign. This is your first Kickstarter campaign. But for the people that don't know you, mm-hmm. they're going to be listening to this episode. Give everybody a little bit of a background. I know your background. We've been friends for seven, eight years now since you guys moved to Chattanooga. Yeah. But uh, for the people that are listening to the episode that don't know you, give them a little bit of background about you and, and Lucy Jane and your your group. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, first of all, it's an honor to be on this podcast um, and to be chatting with you. Uh, you're really cool. Uh, Lucy Jane and I, um, we met on the mission field in 2011. And I was a songwriter already. Um, Lucy Jane was actually, uh, by trade, she was a hip-hop dancer and a backing dancer for a pop singer in the UK. And we met on a short-term mission trip. I was living in Turkey. She was living in England. And then I 
I basically from the start, I liked her a lot and um, I couldn't tell if she liked me back. She moved to Turkey. It was this whole long thing. But basically after a couple of years of living and working on the same international missions team, we got together, we started dating, we got engaged shortly after. And then, yeah, we moved back to the States in 2014, got married in 2015. And then, yeah, started doing music together. I'm sort of your quintessential like folk singer songwriter with lots of aspirations to write pop melodies, but then sort of like a folk presentation. And Lucy Jane is purely pop and loves to just bring the pop element to our music. So what I would say our music is like is probably a good combination of folk and pop. So we're a husband and wife folk pop duo. That's nice. Yeah. So let's talk about this new record you guys are working on. This makes your this is your third full full length album since since you guys started. Um, you had your first record. It was Anchors Away, mm-hmm. and then the Venture, which was what was that? 2018. Uh, yes, 2018 for the 2018 Venture. 2018 was the the Venture, and uh, you guys split this project into two different parts. Go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, of course. So Wayward and Home. That's the name of the project in its fullness, but we split it into two for a couple of reasons. Um, One being that just the way that music is released and consumed these days, it's just more beneficial to the artist and to the listener for it to be split up. Uh, Spotify and Apple, they all have algorithms, which is a word I'm saying way too often these days, but it's just basically the more often you're releasing new music, the more often you get heard by people that haven't heard you before. So that was one reason we wanted to split it up, just so that we had a few singles off of the first half, then we released the full first half, and then the same thing with the second half. When it comes out, it'll be preceded by a couple of singles, and then the final, like the full second half will come out. So it's just a way to be consistently releasing more music over a a longer period of time. The second reason is, uh, thematically, this record, it's called Wayward and Home because, well, I'll I'll get into the, the meaning of the name probably in a little bit here, but basically the first half has a particular mood and the second half has a particular mood. And from first half to the second half, it's a very distinct change in tone where the first half is a little bit more melancholy. It's a little bit more gritty and unresolved. And the second half, you get a lot more hope coming through the music. So while it might not all be upbeat and happy in major chords, it's, it's definitely a little bit more hopeful. Um, and yeah, that's the way we wanted to end the record. So that's, that's kind of why we split it into two halves. And this, I'm going to piggyback off of, of what you said, you know, you said the first, first album, which actually came out uh, essentially like a year ago, mm-hmm. the first part came out September of last year. Cause we did an episode of my podcast, the songwriters pit stop. I'll give a plug there. Yeah. Uh, that time, and I got a chance to plug the, uh, the record. I love it. My favorite song off that is the way. Uh, oh. I heard that song when in its infancy several years ago. Absolutely love the song. So if you're listening to this podcast episode, go out and listen to uh, part one, Wayward at Home, The Way. It is a, it kind of makes me think of the Old West shootout. I don't know. Why. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just, it's a fantastic song. The production is spot on. It's really, really good for the Thanks, track. It was Thank really you. Good. Um, and I could go on about your your songs and your songwriting and, and just how poignant the songs are, but I, I'll, I won't do that today. But uh, but as far as as you know, the first you said the first part was um, was melancholy. The second part, you you kind of 
you, you mentioned hope. Mm-hmm. Can you expound, can you, can you talk about that a little bit more with this second part and, and what kind of songs or themes are you, are you focusing on, on this second? Cause I would assume, uh, and I hope I'm right, that there is a, there's a reason why you have these songs on the second part. Yeah. Um, the second part. Okay. So I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit more on the entire project and that might make a little bit more sense in context, but wayward and home you would think naturally sort of like you and i were talking naturally you would think the first part is called wayward the second part is called home it's like you know this grand conflict and then this grand resolution to kind of tie up the record nicely but the whole purpose of the record and it's not like it's not a themed album in the sense that every song flows into the next like storyline wise we're not following like a soul character um it's just all of the songs are from the same like place, not the same time, even they're all from different times, but they're all in the same place, asking the same questions, um, talking about the same doubts. And uh, we realized when we were writing this, that it's not about losing your way and finding it again, which sounds very counterintuitive because the first single is called prodigal, literally the prodigal son story, which he loses his way and then finds it back home again, you know, (laughs) but for us, we realized that the record wasn't about losing your way and finding it again. It was about realizing that in the midst of being lost, you are completely found. Like it's not somewhere that you have to like find your way back to. Um, Cause you know, we believe that God's constant and unchanging and always there. And we're the ones that kind of waver and don't realize exactly what's going on. So in a sense, we are wayward and we're home simultaneously. And it's the the whole album just kind of leads to the point of realizing that wherever we are, we're found, even if we really don't feel like it. So the second half of the record specifically kind of hits on a lot more of the hope of like coming to that realization. There's a couple of songs. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to like drop the title names or anything. Yeah, I will. Okay. So like, there's one called enough for me that is a lot more like it's from God's perspective and it's just saying, I'm right here. You're enough for me. Um, And then the final song on the record, uh, it just kind of basically saying, so when you feel lost again, just remember uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of a complicated one to break down, but basically you're, you're lost and you're found and it's okay. And you're going to feel completely lost again. But when you do, just remember these moments um, that God's always here and he's constant and that we're enough for him. So Sounds beautiful. So let's talk, let's talk about your Kickstarter because that's what this this podcast is, is, um, is, is letting people know about campaigns that are either uh, in the middle of being launched or just launched. Um, let's talk about your Kickstarter specifically. Let's talk about some of the uh, maybe point at one of the reward tiers. And then let's talk about the song prodigal, you know, tell, tell okay. about the song prodigal that you get with an automatic download as soon as you pledge to the campaign. So let's talk about the Kickstarter, you know, what made you decide to do the pick Kickstarter? Cause this is your first campaign. Usually you guys have had your, your albums self-funded previously. So let's talk about what led you to do a Kickstarter and let's talk about some of the, the, the reward tiers. Yeah, of course. So this time around, um, in the past, you know, Lucy Jane and I have just been this nomadic gypsy-like couple who we have a place to live in a city, but 
we spent almost as much time on the road as we did at home. And then the pandemic happened and um, we traveled a lot less. Within the last year and a half, um, yeah, about a year and a half, we had a baby and bought a house just through the grace of God. And so we don't really have the same ability to completely bankrupt ourselves like we did in the past. Like in the past, we would just literally throw everything that we had at the albums and know that one day in like 20 years, we'd recoup the money, you know, and God's always provided for us. Um, We've always been well looked after, but yeah, we're just in a place right now where we're looking after a little one, the cost of babies and mortgage, (laughs) that, that cool stuff. We just can't really afford to, to completely spend every penny we have. So um, and at the same time, we've never invited our followers to help us make it happen. It's always been, we work on it in secrecy and then we present it. So we're both really excited about having the chance to bring our followers, our friends, our family in alongside us on the process to like make something beautiful together. Nice. Let's, uh, let's talk about one of the reward tiers. One of the ones that I'm interested in just because it's the, it's the most um, uh, mysterious. Let's talk about mm-hmm. Lucy Jane's goodie box. What's going to be a goodie box? Is it a secret? Now yeah. And give some context. So she's from, she's from the UK. So yep. it's probably going to be some, some goodies in there that we probably don't have access to readily in the States. So exactly. Yeah. So Lucy Jane is, she's from England. Um, she originally is from Birmingham, spent a lot of time in Manchester and uh, we, we just love the UK. But every time we go back to the UK, she introduces me to a new like little goodie like a a piece of candy that I didn't know existed that blows my mind and changes my life. And so um, Lucy Jane had the idea like, Hey, why don't I present, you know, a lot of our U S followers with the experience, the opportunity to experience like these little, like, it's not going to be like a huge, massive gift, gift basket, but like a box of treats that you wouldn't be able to find unless you were in a gas station in England or, like a weird flavor of potato chips that we don't have here, like some strange condiments that we don't understand in America or might think are crazy nasty, or we might think this is incredible, just weird stuff like that. Um, Stuff that you wouldn't be able to readily have access to here or may not have even known existed. Now I I mentioned earlier about the, um, about the, the first single prodigal. Um, You mentioned it was the actual prodigal story. Mm Mm-hmm. What made you decide that was the first single off the record? What was the the idea? So Prodigal is an interesting one because most of these songs are new songs, like since the pandemic, where everybody's kind of unpacking and refiguring out what life is about. But Prodigal is a very, very old song. Like it was a song that I wrote when we were still living overseas. Um, We were on a short term mission trip to Albania. And I had an off day. So I pulled out my beat up little breed love that I bought in 2008. And this song just kind of happened. And at that time, I wasn't, I wasn't like writing metaphorical, deep, theologically rich songs. I was just literally taking a story from the Bible and then writing a song about it. And um, I really liked the song back then, but it never seemed to fit on any of the projects that we were recording. And I'm not sure why, just like, compared to the rest of the songs, it just always like made it onto the B sides list. Mm -hmm. 
not because we didn't love it. We loved the song. It just didn't match. And so we've had this song kicking around, you know, in the chamber of songs that we love that haven't been released yet, which you probably have one of those chambers too, right? Uh, yeah. I bet you do, man. Um, and so we were, we were writing for Wayward and Home. We knew the title before we had most of the songs. And I just thought, if we don't put Prodigal on this record, like there's no other chance for it to be released. Like it's an album about being Wayward and Home. So we, we thought about it. We compared it to the rest of the songs and we thought it was a good up-tempo, like middle ground transition song from the first half to the second half. Yeah. So it's the modern interpretation of the prodigal son story, but it's literally the prodigal son story with kind of like a Mumford and sons driving beat behind. Yeah. I was going to say the production on it is this meld of, cause there's some mandolin on it. There's just mm-hmm. different elements that really kind of fit a pop Americana type, you know, feel right now. Uh, Mumford and sons. I don't know. Um, I, I think it's a good, it's a good assessment, but, uh, but yeah, there's just so many elements. I don't want to just pin it down to one, you know, one group, but it's, it's a great single. So I, it's definitely worth at least pledging just to get that single, um, not to <laughs> mention you. the rest of the record. So, uh, I don't want to keep you any longer. We've, uh, uh, I really appreciate you, you taking the time to, to speak with me. Uh, let's talk about, let's talk about a couple of the other songs that are on the record and a little bit of their backstory. If you've got a couple mm-hmm. songs that you, you know, you're also looking forward to people hearing, Let's talk about those. Yeah. Share those with listeners. Of course. I will have to say, Anthony, uh, and I'm not saying this because we're on the phone chatting right now, but uh, you and I co-wrote a song a couple of years ago, right before we moved to Nashville. And it's a song called Change. And instantly, I mean, you know, you were in the room. It was, it was just a special song. It meant something very specific to us in that time and place. We were deciding you know, whether or not to leave a city that we love, Chattanooga, to move to Nashville, a city that we felt like we needed to be in in order to, you know, do this crazy music thing. And um, yeah, we love the song. But again, like we didn't want to just release it as a single because between the venture and this record, we just released like a handful of singles. And we didn't want it to get lost in the noise of like a single. It needed to be attached to an album. And it had the same mood. It was in the same kind of lowly, like, but also at the same time, realizing that change is a good thing is hard and beautiful and it sucks and it's wonderful. And so I'll be honest, man. I know we've talked about it a couple of times, but I recorded that song three times, recorded it one time as a demo, thought I liked the tempo, thought I liked the way it feels. Um, didn't like it. So we re-recorded it with a tempo map and I thought this is the one. And then we put production around it and it was like, it still just doesn't breathe. Right. And so I reached out to a buddy of mine here in Nashville named Dan Wheeler, a fellow Brit of Lucy Jane's incredible guitarist and producer. And he had this crazy idea that worked and we found a tempo map that worked. And so it ebbs and flows and it's slow, but it's like, heavy hitting at times. It's just, I'm really pleased with the way it turned out. So on top of being one of my favorite songs, lyrically, the production just feels so right to me. And I'm so excited about it. I remember, I remember when you, cause we were going to do a show together with another couple of friends of ours. And, um, I remember I got to your apartment and you came out, you said, I've got something I want to show you and I'd like your help with it, which I was extremely flattered. You'd even ask for my help because 
you don't need it. And well, you, whatever. You played that. You played what you had, which I think was like the it was the first verse in chorus, mm-hmm. and you were like, "I need a second verse and I think a bridge too." Is what we yeah. worked on, and we had written together because um, I released a song that we had written together on the last record that I did. But um, I remember listening to it and selfishly, I, you guys were leaving like not long after that to do an overseas trip for a, a month or so. Yeah. And I remember just chomping at the bit because I wanted to finish that song. I was like, and I was afraid <laughs> you were going to finish it without me. And then I would, you know, I would forever kick myself that I didn't get to work on it with you. But I remember when you came back, we sat down and we, I think we worked on that for several hours. Yeah, we got tacos in between. Yeah, it was great. And we talked about it. And I think <laughs> we both knew when we finished, because there was a part in the bridge, I think it's the bridge that says, there's ache in surrender, but it helps to remember. And that that specific line, that specific section, I was like, that's it. That's the turn. That's it. And um, just yep. just for me, I think we both looked at each other when we finished and was like, okay. This is yeah. a really good song. So I've been really excited. I was really excited that you were going to include it on this, on this project. Yeah, man. For the folks that, that uh, don't know, the song is called change. And mm-hmm. it is, I played it. I played it for a friend of mine when her daughter was getting ready to go off to college. Her daughter was having a house show and they asked me to do a couple songs, which was really cool. And I said, I wrote this song with my friend Drakeford Lanier. And I think it fits this. I, th- I think this fits. This is for you. And I played the song and it, it went over really, really well. So it yeah. makes me happy that, I, you know, from what you've told me that it's ran o- went over really well that you guys have played it live. So um, yeah. it's a song that ebbs and flows. It's one of those you can really take your time with yep. and really dig into it as a singer songwriter. You can really dig into it because there's so many layers to unfold of the song. I mean, it's really worth listening to through multiple times, at least for me, every time I play it. I pick up on something new in my life that it is applicable at that time. And, uh, yeah. and I'm just grateful that you asked me to help you write it. Uh, that's not the reason why I'm interviewing you. I wasn't going <laughs> to bring that up, but it, uh, it is very not kind of you to bring the song up. Uh, let's talk about one other song and then I'll let you go. Okay. Let's see. One other song. This is going to be counterintuitive. There's one song on this record that does not fit. It sounds really funny to say. I've just set up the whole meaning of the story but it's a song that we felt was just too important and too like timely to not put on this record. It's one that we wrote with some other fellow Chattanooga musicians, DJ and Marv. It's a song called the color we bleed. And to be blunt about it, it's just about uh, racial injustice and like perception and prejudice. And we felt like it was a really important time to record it and release it. So that made it on the record and the production, my man on that song is so good. Because we have so many talented friends and writers that it's just, it's silly. Every time I listen to it, I just get really excited. So it's called Color We Bleed. The Color We Bleed. There's a little bit of a background behind DJ and Marv. Their grandfather was part mm-hmm. of one of the, the biggest Motown groups in, uh, in the Civil Rights Movement. What was the name of the group? The Impressions. Sorry, The Impressions. And yeah. uh, they wrote, they released a song. People get ready. People get ready. Yep. And you know, if you if you and that song has been covered by everybody. I was listening to a Spotify playlist the other day, and I I forget who it was. It wasn't them that was covering it, and I was like, "It's beautiful." I mean, it is yeah. a universal song. So that's really special. You know, he's 
since passed away, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really sweet to like, to get to know, obviously his grandkids are really good friends of ours and we share the same like heart in the whole, like continuing on his grandfather's legacy in like racial justice um, here in the States. Uh, Cause a lot of people think like, Oh, it's done. And there's just still some remnants that are worth mentioning. And it's not like a, it's not like a fighting riot song, like we're protesting. It's just, it's a song that brings to mind a couple of things that says, Hey, maybe we should think about this a little bit differently. Yeah. You know? So we're really, really excited about that one as well. Like I said, I'm excited about this campaign. I hope that the folks that are listening to this episode um, get a chance to check out the campaign. You can find Drakeford and Lucy Near, Lucy Jane on Instagram at Drakeford Music, D-R-A-K-E-R-F-O-R-D. Is that right? Music? Drake, I think it's D-R-A-K-E-F-O-R-D. Yeah, I misspelled yeah. it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's just what it sounds like, Drake. Yeah, Drakeford Music. And, uh, you know, follow the progress on the campaign. Uh, this is first day of the campaign. And they've already hit 15%. So that's a really good, uh, really good, good way. Thank to you, Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, to the listeners, if you're listening to this, go out and go out and support this, this project and, uh, and this campaign. I know they'll be grateful. Um, mm-hmm. By the time this, this airs, we'll be close to the end of the campaign, but that doesn't mean that you can, you don't have to, even if they've hit the goal, anything they do, anything they raise still goes toward the project and makes it a lot easier uh, to yep. fund this record. So thank you, Drakeford. Thankful for your friendship. Thankful for your songs, man. Thank you for having me on, Anthony. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. You too. Love you, man. Love you too, man. Bye. Here's a clip of the song, The Way, that Anthony had mentioned, so you've got an idea what they sound like. Well, I feel I'm going nowhere and running out of time like I'm swimming up a river. Against a turning tide Oh, I'm climbing up this mountain 30 miles high With a suitcase in my hand And a woman at my side And I've been searching for a beacon That I still have yet to find And there's got to be a reason For the slowing in my stride I could probably find the culprit If I really sat and tried But to be completely honest I'd rather run and hide Oh, no $15 gets an early download of the album, along with an immediate download of that song that they talked about, Prodigal. For $25, you get the full album on CD, and they've got more options, including some unreleased artwork and companion coloring page, their entire digital discography, and audio commentary on the album, the UK goodies box they talked about, some cool-looking hand-carved wood necklaces, and even a private Zoom hangout. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Drakeford. This campaign closes Thursday, October 13th. So what's one way that you can be a good patron? I was on Twitter in mid-September, and an artist I'd covered back on episode 47, Daniel Wheat, had shared the following. Quote, 
One of my songs was streamed 290 times during the month of June 2022, and Spotify paid me a whopping $1.15 for those streams. For you math nerds, that works out to less than four-tenths of a cent per stream. That is why artists want you to buy their merch. Then Travis Estes, who puts out music as Daygraves and Medical Morning, replied, quote, I just checked my distro kid for the first time in a long time. I have a song that has been streamed 37,162 times between all the streaming services. If I sell three hoodies, I'd make more money than what this song has done for me. End quote. Streaming can be great for music discovery. And even if you've purchased an artist's music, continuing to stream it when you can will put a few more cents in their pocket. But Buying merch directly from the artist can make a much more substantial difference to that artist. Whether that's buying the album download, or the CD or vinyl on Bandcamp, or a shirt or hoodie from their website or when they come through town, find a way to buy actual merch from an artist you love this month. That's my good patron challenge to you. And if you end up getting a shirt or hoodie, share a picture of you in it on social media. Tag the artist. Talk good patron. We'd love to see it. Now, I've got more artists you should know about that could use your support coming up right after this quick break. This UTR podcast is sponsored by the latest music from singer-songwriter Allie Murphy. Some dreams they come when I hold on to better things. Better Things is an EP full of heart, life, and faith. Just trying to survive, just floating on, just floating on, I'm floating on water. Find the new EP Better Things by Allie Murphy on Spotify or at the link in today's show notes. Let's face it, it's hard to look cool when your minivan speakers are cranking Sandra McCracken or the latest episode from The Bible Project. So the least we can do is help you look like a baller while you jam to your melancholy folk songs. That's why UTR's latest contest is for a kicking pair of Beat Solo 3 wireless headphones. Beat Solo 3 wireless headphones. You can win the headphones for free and make your neighbors think you're listening to Tupac Shakur while you're mowing your lawn, while in reality, it's tunes by Sarah Gross. Enter UTR's contest for Beat Solo 3 headphones for free at utrmedia.org. Again, that's utrmedia.org. This UTR podcast is brought to you by Judson University in Elgin, Illinois. Do you have a high schooler considering choices in higher education? Judson is one of the premier Christian universities with over 60 majors and a 13 to 1 student to professor ratio. Judson's 90 acre wooded campus is only 36 miles outside of Chicago with students enrolled from 29 different countries. Their tuition is 20% lower than average college prices, and 99% of students receive some form of financial aid or scholarships. They also offer graduate degrees and adult online programs. 
Start with a virtual tour of Judson U's campus at judsonu.edu. That's Judson, the letter U, dot edu. Welcome back to the second half of the show. Now, before I tell you about the rest of the other campaigns, I want to suggest a few things. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I want to say thank you for checking it out. And I hope that you'll find it connects with you. Be sure to subscribe or follow the show so you'll catch all the new episodes every month. And if you're already a subscriber and regular listener, then a really big thank you to you. And would you consider joining the crowdfunding Christian music group on Facebook to share, discover, and discuss all the new campaigns with the rest of us? Now, here's the deal. I've got a lot for you in this second half of the episode. In fact, 10 more active crowdfunding campaigns and a vinyl reissue pre-order. And four of those campaigns are going to close in the next week or so. So let's dive in. Kristen Buddy is a Tennessee-based alt-country singer-songwriter that's wanted to put together a project of original songs for decades, but always felt stopped, mostly by fear. But now she's launched a Kickstarter to put out a debut six-song EP. Most of these songs were birthed out of a deep desire for change and the fear that kind of came with wanting to start over. She hopes that these songs will inspire courage to take even small, brave steps that we've been wanting to take. These songs have encouraged her in this way, and she's ready for them to encourage us as well. Here's a clip of her single, Come Sit Down at My Table, so you can get a sense for what she sounds like. Coffee's brewing in the kitchen, table's all set for a crowd, well-worn chairs and photographs. Plenty of love to go around The dogs are barking, supper's almost done And you got here right on time So glad to have you, it's been a while So pleased to see your smile Come sit down at my table Tell me what's going on Where you've been and where you're going All that's right and all that's wrong She doesn't have a digital-only tier. Well, I take that back. She sort of does. For $25, you can choose to either get a signed CD or a download version of the project. And then she's got other options like a shirt, an artwork print, a pottery mug, and more. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Kristen Buddy. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N-B-U-D-D-E. But do it fast. This campaign closes Friday, October 7th. And as of this recording, she's still about $1,000 short of her goal. Now, I gave you a heads up about Camden Cunningham's campaign last episode. I love it when artists use that notify me on launch button option in Kickstarter. And I also love it when they give me a heads up so that I can give you a heads up. And this episode, I have all the details for you. So the project will be titled Awaken the Dawn. It's going to be a five-song EP focusing on the beauty of God's presence in the world around us. Here is a clip of his song, The Ordinary Wakes, so you've got an idea 
what he sounds like for this EP. Oh, and this song will be on the EP, but it will be re-recorded with a larger budget. This is The Ordinary Wakes. The trees sparkle in June And the sky above seems closer to you The fiddle plays among the blades And the notes are bright and in tune The air echoes with song Praises on wings bounce off the sun Which beckons the flowers to bloom Bees can harvest its fruit The world is a wonder I'm dying to see Beyond my jaded eyes There lies a great mystery This is a masterpiece of grace Though there's no time to waste At the rise of the sun the ordinary ways. $10 gets to the early download of the EP. $25 gets to that download and a handwritten thank you note with an album art sticker. And he's got more options like artistic lyric prints, a shirt, and even a house show. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Camden Cunningham. But do it fast. This fully funded campaign closes Sunday, October 9th. If you've been listening to the show for a while or gone back to old episodes to discover new artists, you may have heard me mention Greg Hart, also known as Mitty Boy. I'd covered his intricately woven campaign back in episode 27. Now he's launched a Kickstarter campaign for an ambitious three-album project titled Home Sweet Home. This project will have one album of Christian hybrid rock titled Restating the Obvious, which will be a complete redo of the earlier Mitty Boy album Stating the Obvious. One that's straight up CCM under the artist name 1-9, titled Peace of My Mind. And one that's instrumental music featuring chill pop, orchestration, and solo piano. Here's a clip of his song Facade from Stating the Obvious off his Bandcamp page. And a clip of one of his instrumental tracks, You Knew Me, from the album Intricately Woven. So you've got an idea what he sounds like.
$10 gets you a digital copy of one album of your choice. For $12, you get a CDR of the album of your choice. And he's got options for choosing two albums, all three albums, even your name in the liner notes of the album of your choice. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Home Sweet Home. That's sweet spelled S-U-I-T-E. But do it fast, because this campaign closes Sunday, October 9th. I am really excited about this next campaign, first, because of the project itself, but second, because I got a fan-favorite clip to play for you. When UK worship leader and songwriter Rebecca Bees launched her Kickstarter campaign for this album of 10 corporate and personal worship songs of faith and encouragement, she was not doing that in a vacuum. She has been part of a vibrant community called Resound Worship for the last four years, where she's been honing her songwriting craft and participating in community songwriting challenges where members help one another refine and improve their songs. So when this campaign went live, she already had a number of friends ready to help her spread the word. And one of them was Olwen Ringrose, an artist we'd covered back in episode 41. So I asked Olwen if she would be willing to record a fan favorite clip that I could include for you to hear, and was so pleased when she sent this over. Here is Olwen Ringrose talking about the Rebecca Beast campaign for Psalm 27, Ask, Seek, Dwell. Hi everyone, I'm Olwen Ringrose. I'm a singer-songwriter from the UK. Garrett was kind enough to feature my last project here on the Good Patron podcast, and now I'm here to pay it forward by telling you about my friend Rebecca Beast's new project, Psalm 27, Ask, Seek, Dwell. I've known Rebecca for a few years now as we're both part of a songwriting community run by an organisation called Resound Worship. Each month, about 150 songwriters from around the world write a congregational song on a specific theme, and then we all help each other to refine the songs and encourage each other. It's been really formative for many grassroots worship songwriters, and it's an amazing creative and uplifting community. In this new project, eight of the ten songs Rebecca is releasing have come from this group and so I heard them from their very first draft and I've seen them progress and I'm really excited to hear the final versions because Rebecca's songs are always theologically rich and musically beautiful plus her voice is a delight to listen to. Rebecca is primarily a worship leader and so is always looking for ways to gather and draw everyone from the congregation of all ages and backgrounds into a place of worship. And these songs have come from that starting point. What is God saying to us and what should we be singing? So if you're looking for new and interesting songs to sing in your church, which cover themes such as longing for the kingdom of God to come on earth, the Holy Spirit and God's all-consuming, all-embracing, all-accepting love then you're going to love this project. So please go and check out Psalm 27, Ask, Seek, Dwell by Rebecca Beast over on Kickstarter and help her reach her target so that she can release these songs into the wider world. Thanks for listening. And here's a clip from Rebecca's teaser video from the campaign page so you've got an idea what she sounds like.
10 pounds, it gets you the digital download. For 12, you get the CD. For 50, you can attend a live acoustic concert over Zoom where she shares a bit of the story behind the songs and even has a Q&A at the end. And she's got an option to do a Zoom call with you and write a custom song for you. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Ask, Seek, Dwell. But do it fast. This campaign closes Tuesday, October 11th. She could really use your support. The sweet, soul, and country-infused pop sound of Lauren Scott caught my attention as soon as I heard the song sample at the end of her Kickstarter video, and I knew I would be sharing this campaign with you on this episode. She launched a campaign for an EP to be titled Birthplace, and it will be her first solo project in eight years. If you check out her campaign page, it sounds like a lot has happened in those last eight years. Now, here is a snippet of a song from the end of her video, just so you can hear what I heard. $10 gets the early download of the EP, $25 gets you access to a live Zoom concert, and she's got more tiers, including a hand-poured candle, some coffee, a lyric print, limited edition shirt, even a custom song or house show. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Lauren Scott. This campaign closes Thursday, October 27th. I had never heard of UK artist David Benjamin Blower until I saw his current Kickstarter campaign go live this past weekend, and I am already setting aside some time after this episode is done to fully go down the rabbit hole of all that he's done. He's a poet, a writer, a theologian, a podcaster, and a singer-songwriter. His style is often described as apocalyptic folk. And he's launched a campaign for a project titled The Book of Bear, Life, and Returns. He's described it as a work bringing ancient Hebrew poems, the Psalms, into dialogue with present stories of climate breakdown and Kate Raworth's proposed donut model of economics, and coming out in a form of limited edition CD, a printed zine, and visual art. And this is far from his first music project. He has got lots of music on his Bandcamp page, including a radiophonic production of the Book of Jonah narrated by N.T. Wright, and a project titled Innocence and Experience, where he sings the poems of William Blake. Here is a clip of his take on the folk song, How Can I Keep From Singing, from his 2021 album, Hymns for the Nomads, Volume 2. My life flows on in endless song amidst a slamentation. I hear the real of far off him that hails a new creation. Through all the tumult and the strife I hear the music ringing It sounds an echo in my soul How can I keep from singing? 
10 pounds gets you a signed pre-release copy of the CD along with a signed picture of a whale. 15 pounds gets you that plus tickets to an online concert. And he's got other options, including a bonus track, access to an online theology learning space, and a color lino print of Kate Raworth's Donut Economic Model. If this catches your attention and you're ready to find out more, or if you're ready to back it, head over to Kickstarter and search for David Blower. This campaign closes Tuesday, November 29th. Speaking of campaigns and artists recently discovered, it was just a couple of days ago that I saw the True Tunes page on Facebook post about Christian Kreider's GoFundMe. Back in 2013, he and his wife moved to Austin, Texas to start Lazarus Brewing Company and plant a house church. He's also a singer-songwriter, and a slew of songs have come out of this environment. And he's launched a GoFundMe to raise funds to get the recording and production work done for the album to be titled Life in the Wilderness. He's already got a couple songs up on his SoundCloud page, so here is a clip of the song The Lord Shall Reign, so you've got an idea what this will sound like. The Lord shall reign, the Lord shall reign, the Lord shall reign on Since this is a GoFundMe and not Kickstarter, there aren't any specific reward tiers, but he's indicated that everyone who donates will be able to get high-quality downloads when it's done. And if you've donated and would like to get a CD when it's done, contact him for that as well. Now, if you're interested, head over to GoFundMe and search for Life in the Wilderness. If you were ever a fan of Guardian back in the 90s, you know the name Jamie Rowe. He'd been a singer in the band Tempest before joining Guardian after their debut album had come out. And he's done quite a lot over the years. He just launched a Kickstarter campaign for a brand new album. But this won't be the bro country influenced rock like his 2019 album This Is Home. Instead, he's described this project, Calamity Kills. That's Calamity with a K. Please don't ask me why. I have no idea. Anyway, he said when he was describing it, quote, Imagine if Bon Jovi and Aerosmith hung out with Rob Zombie and Alice in Chains, and they decided to make some music. If you can imagine that, you can imagine what's coming from Calamity Kills. Okay, well, here's a clip of that first single, Sinner's Welcome, so you've got an idea what to expect. And yeah, I think you kind of nailed the description. Take a listen. Yeah. 
$15 gets you the download and a PDF booklet. $25 gets you that plus the CD. For $40, that CD is signed, and he's got other options like shirts, patches, and a photo book. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Calamity Kills. That's with a K. This campaign closes Monday, October 31st. Tiffany Kraushorn has been involved with worship music for years and is now ready to record and release her own music. She's just launched a Kickstarter campaign for a debut five-song EP of worship music to be titled Thank You. Here is a really short demo clip from an Instagram reel so you've got an idea what she sounds like. $10 gets you an early download of the EP. For $20, you also get lyrics and chord charts for all the songs. And she's got options for lyric prints, shirts. And at the time of this recording, the only way to get a physical CD is to back it at the $250 level. Head over to Kickstarter and search for Thank You. This campaign closes Tuesday, November 1st. Alfonso Hernandez is a San Diego native that's had a passion for worship for the last 25 years that has led him across the country and through Latin America as a worship leader. And he's just launched a Kickstarter campaign for a debut album of original songs. Here is a clip of his song, Breathe, in English and in Spanish, so you've got an idea what he sounds like. Breathe, breathe on me now Open your mouth And speak the word that heals this broken ground Say, say what you will As we are still As we breathe in the very breath of God $15 gets the early download of the album in English and in Spanish. For $25, you get that and a digital art book with lyrics, stories behind the songs, and behind-the-scenes photos. And he's got other options, including vinyl and even VIP seating at the album release concert in San Diego or San Jose. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Alfonso Hernandez, or use the link in the show notes. This campaign closes Sunday, October 30th. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you've probably heard me mention the vinyl reissue record label Lost in Ohio. They have run pre-orders to do vinyl reissues for the album Love Life by the Julies, LSU's album The Grape Prophet, Sixpence None the Richer's album This Beautiful Mess, Morella Forrest's album Super Deluxe, and the Fluffy album Go Fluffy Go. 
but they've recently launched a pre-order for the hard-to-find album Sugar Pistol by Fluffy. It'll be pressed on 12-inch limited vinyl, and by that I mean they're only pressing 200 copies. It'll be clear vinyl and is available for $25. To pre-order, head over to lostinohio.com, or you can use the link in the show notes. I really hope that as you listen to this podcast, both this episode and episodes to come, you encounter campaigns and artists that connect with you and that you'll follow up and check them out. And I hope that this month's challenge to buy merch from the artist will motivate you to do exactly that. I know they would really appreciate it. Now, if you have any questions or feedback about this episode or these campaigns or what we're all about, or if you want to give me a heads up about a campaign I should know about, or if you just want to talk about something for the fan favorite segment, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Message me on Twitter at GoodPatron or Instagram at GoodPatronPodcast, or you can email me, GoodPatronPodcast at gmail.com. I am excited to keep digging into the topic of how to be a good patron, and I hope I encourage you in your journey from fan to patron. Until next episode, remember, great music doesn't just happen, so get involved. And I know I say it at the end of every episode, but I want you to know this isn't just the credits at the end. I really mean it. Good Patron Podcast is proud to be a part of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported nonprofit ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and found online at utrmedia.org.